Good afternoon, baseball fans. It is Thursday. I almost said October. Good night. November 9th. Uh, it is not, it's not baseball season. It is, is off season, Susie, off season. So um, I am Susie. This is Bourbon and Baseball. And that is Ken, Kenny. Oh, sorry. My mic just went out. Uh, Kenny Vanderwarren of the Astros Future podcast. Um, Kenny, thanks so much for being here today. I appreciate you humoring all of my dumb questions about minor league stuff and um, the AFL games, all of it. We're going to get into a lot of it today because I have lots of questions. <laughs> it's it, They're never dumb questions. I have a high school friend um, that is actually in the minor league system for the Guardians, and he he messages me questions all the time because sometimes he doesn't know what's nice. going on or how the Rule 5 draft works. A lot of people don't. Um, it's, it's overcomplicated because it's baseball, and that, that's just how they have to make it. Good. Um, but, the makers of baseball were like, mm, we're going to test people's IQ. Let's see what, what we can confuse people on. Good, good. Um, so if you don't know, um, you should check into all of the Astros Future podcasts because they've got great information over there. And you do player interviews the, with the minor leaguers. Yes? Yes. And uh, more recently, I've just been writing a lot more as well. Um, that's what I went to school for was to write. And so... Uh, I have a couple of feature stories. A lot of the guys from the Arizona Fall League that have come out and just other stuff that happened through the, throughout this past season. And I'm um, looking to get back into the podcast stuff right now. Or my good friend, Jimmy Price, who is Astros Future, he is that is literally him. Uh, he is kind of taking a little bit of break. Just, he has a lot of work stuff right now, but we're going to get back in the swing of things in the offseason and have a little bit more uh, interviews for anyone that's interested. Perfect. I'm super excited. I know about taking hiatuses because I took a really long one um, during the actual season. So everyone's like, Susie, where did you go? I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm dying. Don't kill me. Anyhow, um, so let's let's get into it then, because uh, originally I had questions on um, Joey Luperfito, right? Was that was that interesting? How to start? Okay. Yep. So on on Twitter, it will always be Twitter. I will never reference it as X. I'm very sorry about that. Um, on Twitter. I saw that Kenny had posted that Joey Luperfito had been removed from the AFL. Oh, that was Zach Dezenzo. Sorry to interrupt. That's Zach Dezenzo. Yeah. Just kidding. Zach Dezenzo. Um, not Joey Luperfito. I, I, but I have questions on him too. So we'll, we'll circle back on that one. Um, about what, like he got removed from the, I was like, wait, he's in the AFL game. Like I was very confused. So, um, kind of tell the people what the AFL is. Like I was under the impression that the, it was like just the game, but apparently it is, it is not. And now is it just all of the people go? Is it like a set number from each team that go? How, how does that work? Yeah. So it's a, it's, a, it's seen as more of a coveted, uh, league for prospects that need the, those extra time they need those extra innings games played. For a guy like Zach Dezenzo, it was, you know, he missed a month uh, practically in July, uh, right when he was getting hot, right when he got to Corpus Christi, um, un undisclosed injury, undisclosed matter of what happened, but he ended up missing a month and that's why they wanted to give him an extra look. Plus as a 12th rounder, he's been more than what you've ever expected. And for Zach Dezenzo, the power was always there. He was a shortstop. Now he's moved to third base, playing some first and some second base as well. And it was more about just getting him those at bats, getting him prepared for what's likely to be a non-roster invite when he gets invited to major league camp um, for spring training this year, which I mean, that's feels like a given at this point when I, I'll, 
once we figure out who's getting protected from the rule five, I'll release my list of who I think it is. But getting back on the Arizona Fall League, teams get to send about six, seven, eight prospects. Depends on the gear, depends on how many players each team gets to, you know, what the Arizona Fall League, what Major League Baseball says you can do. And for the Astros, uh, five pitchers ended up going, three position players. Two of those pitchers got to be starters. You're granted two starters. Um, the rest of them have to be relievers, even if they were starters during the regular season. Um, the Astros' two starters were Jaime Melendez and Tyler Guilfoyle. Jaime Melendez uh, pitched in two games, ended up uh, re-aggravating his back injury that held him out really almost the full season. Uh, he told me that he's looking to get back into the swing of things this offseason, and he's not looking not to play in Mexico. He is a part of a winter league down there, okay. a part of a winter league team, but he told them that he just wanted to get prepared. He wanted a, a strong Arizona Fall League, and he got removed halfway through, unfortunately for him. But he's looking to get back in the swing of things, get that, get another non-roster invite like he did this past year. He's a little bit on the younger side, 23 right now, out of double A, 24, going to be in this next season. Um, he's looking to get into AAA. And he even said, like, if there's an opportunity there on the 40-man roster, even on the, you know, in the majors, I want to be that guy. I mean, he can, um, he's a good ground ball pitcher. He's been a little bit better with the strikeouts. Doesn't have high velocity, but he can paint the corners. Uh, unfortunately for him, he was removed. And like Zach Dezenzo, a little bit banged up there at the end of the Arizona Fall League. Um, not disclose what happened, uh, but the Astros pulled him more of a precautionary. He he played in a good amount of games. Most of any of the Astros position players that went there, uh, he had appeared in 16 games, batted 231 with a 780 OPS, uh, three home runs and five doubles. Those home runs were good as well. We know Zach Dezenzo for the power, high exit velocities. And that's what he showed. Um, and it was good to just get him get this offseason started. I tried to reach out to him to try to get a little bit more information. Didn't hear back at this time, but um, did write a little bit of a story about him earlier in the fall league. And it was more just improving himself and that he, you know, no matter where he was drafted, he wanted to prove himself that he could be this guy that could contribute to a major league team down the line. He could be the third baseman um, that, you know, people always say he was going to replace Bregman. I have no idea. I mean, we don't even know if Bregman could resign one day. Right. There, there are talks there that, you know, that, that's that's what they want. We don't know about what the talks are for the future. Uh, Zach Dezenzo can play third base. He can play second and first. But player development did say that they want Zach Dezenzo to focus at third base. Drafted as a shortstop, a lot of these guys are. They get moved around, and Dezenzo was one of those guys that they saw projected better as a third baseman. So now, did you say that Dezenzo was from Corpus Christi? That's our double-A team, yes? So, he, yes. Yeah, so uh, he started the season in high A, tore the cover off the ball, one of the best hitters. I, I think he he ended if he had finished state in uh, high the full season, which would have been a shame. It would have been like a, a real knock on player development, which they were good to move him as quickly as they could. Um, he played in 31 games, batted 407 with a 1102 OPS. Absolutely killed the South Atlantic League as a 12th rounder. Throw those rounds out, you know, out the window. This right. guy can just flat out hit, and that's what mattered. Um, the funny thing was that he did play at a hitter friendly ballpark in McCormick Field, known for a right field wall he is left handed or he's a right hand hitter but the right field wall is uh less than 300 feet away from home plate down the corner uh, down the line so it, it just shows you how old this is i've been to the stadium too awesome in a little bit of a neighborhood in Asheville. but um he, he noticed that his four home runs he did have in Asheville were on the road so he didn't even like the whole player friendly park didn't really even our hitter friendly park didn't play into it uh overall zach zendo did have a good year uh unfortunate for him that you know he did miss a month but he got some time back in the arizona fall league Okay, so now it can be any level of the the minor leagues. It doesn't have to just be the tr the AAA guys that are allowed to go. Is that correct? 
Yeah, you don't really see a lot of the AAA guys go either. It's a lot of those guys are on the cusp of double A or just started in double A. Oh, okay. uh, for Jaime Melendez, it's a lot of the injuries play a part too. Like Jaime Melendez missed most of the season. Zach Dezendo missed a little bit as well. And then the other position player, Miguel, pa- one of the other position players, Miguel Palma, who's a catcher, whose future I don't necessarily see at the catcher position. He does struggle throwing out runners. He is, you know, great. I mean, he's graded out well as a receiver and a game mm-hmm. caller. It's just his arm strength isn't isn't there right now. And that's why I kind of think first base or second base could be in the future because he's just a flat out hitter too. He can not the not the most power in the world, but great contact skills. Didn't really show it as much in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, but answer your question, it can be anyone. And I wouldn't necessarily like a lot of teams don't really go after the AAA guys, but it's different everywhere. Um, gotcha. The Kansas City Royals, who I write a couple articles for for uh, Bally Sports, they sent two major leaguers. Two guys that pitched and finished the season in the major leagues in September. Really? Necessarily because they wanted to get them more reps. Because when you're when your okay. rosters expand, you look at Hunter Brown and Yiner Diaz in 2022, especially Yiner Diaz, didn't play a lot. And so I mean, if the Astros might have thought about it, if he didn't go into the World Series and they weren't holding on to him, just get him that fo- you know, focus. Maybe they thought about sending him there just to get him some more at bats because you really just cut out a month of play. Uh, it's different everywhere, but for the Astros, it's more of those guys in high A or double A. Interesting. So who are the other position players that um, that the Astros sent? So we, we talked about Zach Tizenzo, talked about Miguel Palma, who did have, you know, did struggle a little bit, especially, you know, I wanted to see a little bit more if the Astros player development could, you know, have, you know, pushed him to maybe play another position. There were only two catchers on the roster at the start of the fall league for um, the Mesa Solar Sox. There really wasn't an opportunity to move him around. And a lot of guys go there for um, position addition. J.C. Correa, uh, Carlos Correa's brother, was there last year, and he played a lot of infield, and that was what he was always playing. But he, I mean, he moved to catcher, and that was his primary position. But he, he's played all over the place. Uh, Greg Kessinger is the primary one that I always think about. Back in 2021, Greg Kessinger played first base primarily in the Arizona Fall <laughs> League, and then he didn't play first base ever again until AAA this year. And so that's okay. just something that it keeps it around to see if they can do it. And he played, a, I think he played an inning or a game or two in the major leagues at first base this year, and I mean, the yeah. guy's just a Swiss Army knife defensively, and that's what they wanted. Uh, the last position player that ended up going was Kennedy Corona, which I was a little bit excited just to see how he played against some maybe some higher level pitching. But a lot of the guys were going to be double A high A around where he is in his own development. And the the issue was for him is that he in the first game of the season, he slid back into first base and injured a finger. Uh, there was no like video for this game. And I, I watch all the ones that have the video just to see what's going on. And maybe uh-huh. if there's an injury, especially just want to see what happened. And never got to see what happened, found it a little bit later. He missed, you know, a good amount of weeks, um, came back, had a, a pretty good day, a three-hit game with a pair, a pair of doubles, a double and two singles, something like that, and um, looked strong. And the, the focus was for him is that he didn't miss time. He started off in high A, which is kind of, I mean, they just needed to put him there because there, there was a lot of guys in double A that they ended up releasing later down the road to make space to consistently get these guys games and at-bats. But for him, it was like, you know, Prove that we can put you on the 40-man roster. Prove that you're going to get an invite to Major League Camp. You know, you had a 2020 season, 20 stolen bases, 20 home runs. Let's see what else you can do. And unfortunately for him, it just, you know, it didn't pan out because of the finger injury. He came back. He's playing right now. Um, we're recording here on a Thursday. I don't I don't know necessarily when you post these, but today's the last day of the Arizona Fall League for them. Uh, the Solar Sox, the team they're on, aren't going to make the playoffs, uh, which start Friday and Saturday. Um, so he, he's going to be done after today. But uh, very unfortunate for him. But I think when we talk about the rule five, he's a guy that needs to be protected. Um, but he's also a guy, if he doesn't get protected and doesn't get selected in the rule five, he's going to get an invite to major league camp. 
So um, what position does Kennedy Corona play? Or so he, he's primary. He, yeah, he's an outfielder. Um, the, the funny thing about it is that people might not remember, he was traded for Jake Marisnik, so he hasn't always been in Astro. They got him back in 2020. Uh, with along with Blake Taylor, uh, no okay. longer in the organization, re- recently got released in the past couple months. But pitcher, um, yeah. yeah, left-handed pitcher. So, <laughs> sorry about that. So the um, so yeah, when you when you kind of look at where Kenny Crone is going to be, he's an elite defender. Uh, the guy okay. has a lot of speed. Some of the people in the organization, um, we talked to someone in the organization on the podcast, might have been Joey Loprefito. Someone uh, maybe I think it was Joey Loprefito said, you know, if I could take anything, it would be like his speed. It might have even been Quincy Hamilton, who was also an outfielder in Double A this year. He's like they 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 recognize the speed and the defense that he brings. Um, I think right field is a great spot for Kennedy Corona. He has a good arm and he can have a good range as well. Um, I don't think I mean left field at Minute Maid Park is not necessarily for the best defender on the team. Um, and I think right field down the line, if he makes it to the major leagues, could be the spot for him. Even at, even in center field, he's just a streaky guy and he makes plays. Interesting. Very cool. Okay. So now you've mentioned a couple of times um, the Rule 5 draft. I am a little confused on the Rule 5 draft. So can you explain to me what exactly that means? Because I know like everyone talks about the Rule 5 draft and they don't get taken and like we can keep them. But like, why? What is what is that? (laughs) Uh, So so the main priority of the Rule 5 is that you don't hoard prospects and you don't put them on the 40 band to um, cause you know, there is very lim- limited space on the 40 man to begin with. And they also just want players to, to move up. Like you just, if you're not going to keep, you know, say Joey Loprofito this year is if, you know, he, I mean, he say he's available, which he's not in to the rule five draft teams are going to want him. I mean, there's a lot of tools there that he could just skip the rest of the time in triple A, just put him in the major, see what's going to happen. Um, so it's like stopping the hoarding of prospects happens a little bit more with pitchers just because okay. there's a lot of guys in high A and double A are throwing 98 miles an hour, 96. They see that and their team see that. And they're like, okay, let's bring him up. Let's bring him into our major league camp. See what he can do. If he's not going to make our team, we'll just send it back. And it, it's more of like, it's kind of like a hassle to send him back to because the other team has to pay a certain fee, uh, 20,000, five, something in that range. It, of, uh, I don't have the specifics always on me, but um, you have to pay a fee. And if you're not going to pay it, then other teams get a chance to take them. It's a little bit complicated. Um, if they don't make the roster, um, you have to send them back. But so the point of the rule five. So right now we're looking at anyone that was drafted in 2020. That's a college player. Okay. Is you are now, um, you are now like you can be, in, you're, you're going to be in the, I guess you need to be protected. I mean, you can go against the rule five draft. I don't know. Gotcha. I'm not saying the correct verb about this, but you are now exposed to the rule five draft. You need to be protected. or you're going to be left un- unprotected guys who were drafted before that. Uh-huh. Same thing, same boat. You've been in that boat for a couple of years now. So it's anyone drafted in 2020 or signed as an international or high schooler in 2019 or drafted oh, as a high schooler. Okay. So a guy like Colin Barber, one of the top picks in 2019 for the Astros was a high schooler. He's in, he was in double A this past season. He's, he could be drafted in the rule five draft if not protected. Oh, okay. So, uh, Colin Barber, pitcher. Yes. He's an outfielder. So outfielder. Okay. He's a left-handed hitting outfielder. Um, good pop there. He's battled a lot of injuries in his career as well. Um, shoulder shoulder surgery. Got to double A this year. Missed a little bit of time for another undisclosed reason. Um, good contact skills. I, I like him as a defender as well. I think he's a sneaky defender. Um, maybe a little bit more average or fringe to some people. A little bit of a fringe runner, but he has all the tools. He's gotcha. always always had the tools. It's just about putting it together for him. So uh so if if the Astros say, okay, we need to put so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so on the 40-man, they're not on the 40-man, then they go into the Rule 5 draft. 
Is that-, that is correct. And okay. so it's it, they they stay in the organization. It's just like you have the Rule Five draft happens, and you have spots open on your forty man roster at the moment. So the Astros could go in. I mean, everyone wants to say they're going to use those three spots. There's right. the thir- it's thirty seven right now when we're talking. I don't think they're necessarily going to do that. Because there might be a pitcher out there that Dana Brown or someone in the organization sees like that's a project. Bring him in, lefty reliever. You know, we already have one. Let's see what this guy can do. Doesn't work out. Send him back. The Astros haven't done that um, necessarily since I've been writing or talking about prospects because they usually have you know they've had a stronger team. It's usually some of these smaller teams. Uh, the guy that always stands out to me is Thaddeus Ward, who's now with the Nationals. Mm-hmm. Um, he was one of the top picks last year, uh, and I mean he he looks good, and that's just. He's pitching in the Arizona Fall League at the moment as well. So he's a little bit on the older side. He's as the experience, but they have him in the Arizona Fall League. And so the deadline to protect players is November 14th at 5 p.m. Central Time. I don't know if the I, I don't believe the Astros are going to use all three spots. And I don't like, you know, I get going on MLB Pipeline. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to sound jealous and they're a competitor. You know, they're above what I'm doing, but. <laughs> It's like, yeah, they're the top 30 on there. There's a big conversation last year. Is it going to be Jaden Murray? Is it going to be Christian Gonzalez? Who are they going to protect? Both those guys miss significant amounts of time this year with injury. Neither of them got protected. It was JP France who made all the sense in the world to be a guy that you needed for depth. Ended up being a really smart move to put him on the 40-man roster. He wasn't ranked in the top 30. Of course, he is a little bit older. Probably doesn't have the strongest seasons. But the data is there. The stats are there that he's a high strikeout guy when he was in AAA. Made sense to protect him. You've tried him as a reliever. He's a, can pitch six, five innings as a starter in the right. Pacific coast league. That made sense. And I understand looking at guys like Shea Whitcomb, Kennedy Corona, Miguel Palma, all these ones that you're reading, Zach Daniels that are in the top 30 necessarily. It's not going to be all of them or even any of them. You know, the Astros may not even protect, protect anyone. I think it's always better to protect pitchers. Um, the one guy okay. that comes to mind is my Mazial Tamarez. You look at his numbers in triple a, ERA north of five, north of four. You're thinking, okay, yeah, whatever. This guy's not going to be good. He he has some pitches, and the way you know way he pitches kind of profile similar to Christian Javier with the fastball. Um, he's a similar build as well, kind uh-huh. of a lanky, um, muscular little bit built to him. Um, kind of looks the same when he pitches too, because he wears the high socks like <laughs> Javier has always done. And that's I love why the I love high socks. Love the high socks. So he, he does have that. And uh, Mickey Story, who's the the manager, who was the manager for the Space Cowboys this year. He's he's shown, he's he said before he's like I see him as a major league pitcher and you know maybe he's not going to be a starter he can go give you three dominant innings and he's a big high you know swing and miss guy um, the numbers aren't there but you got to look at those outings he he had four dominant innings then the last inning he gets blown up and he gets the loss because he was pitching in the back end of a tandem and that that's really just what plays into that and talking with guys in Sugarland they point that out to me as well it's like you know th- there's a lot more to be seen. In his stuff, and, you need to look more just in the depth numbers. Okay. than just the numbers. Yeah, if you're just going to okay. look at one outing, look at what happens at the end. Look at what happens at the beginning. Look how he responds. Look how it, it ends. Maybe he doesn't need to go five innings or a third time through the order. Maybe he just needs to go through two times through, and that's it. Um, Interesting. Okay. I do like Misael Tamara, though. I think there's a lot there um, to work with. He's in the 23, 24 age range now, and um, had a great 2022 in Double A. Um, he also battled a small injury as well. Never found out what it was. Uh, looks like, I mean, seems like everyone loves him as well, just as a teammate. Uh, I think he is the number one guy on my list, though. I just think a pitcher makes the most sense. Colin Barber and Kennedy Corona are also on there. I don't think they're going to protect Miguel Palma or Zach Daniels. And the question about Shea Whitcomb is that, yes, you know, he hit the most home runs in minor league baseball last year. I don't necessarily know if 
they like what they saw from the strikeouts to the walk ratio okay. kind of struggled a little bit with that power is there for a shortstop. That's a good thing to see. Um, defense is severely improved. I mean, immensely improved. I mean, mm-hmm. and he's gotten a lot better defensively. He was the last pick in the 2020 draft. Of course it was only five rounds. Right. Weird to think though, that he's, you know, moving up pretty quickly and it was a big year for him. Um, especially in triple a. And I talked to him a lot last year and talking about double a is like, you had a bad season last year. What happened? He was like, just did not, nothing clicked offensively. I was behind on everything. But when that was happening, I'm just going to improve defensively. If I can't hit, hit, hit a lick right now, I'm just going to get better as a defender. Mike Ramazzotti, who's the infield coordinator for the Astros, he is very bullish on him and he works with him in the offseason, likes what he sees from him moving forward. Um, he might be a second baseman, maybe a third baseman in the future. Okay. Um, I don't know if he necessarily attacks the ball all that great, you know, as a shortstop. Not, I mean, he's not the most aggressive guy. He's very laid back, very chill guy, just talking to him. Um, but I think right now he's a shortstop, but I don't know if he's going to get protected. Um, he could be seen in that great Kessinger range, but he does have a lot more power to him than those guys do. I mean, great Kessinger and David Hensley, and I mean, he's super utility. He could give you second, third, and shortstop. Um, okay. That's where I kind of see Shea Whitcomb. I just don't necessarily know if they protect him. I also think there's probably some fringe relievers on the 40 man that if they really truly want to protect more guys and need space, they'll, they'll just DFA someone or outright trade something like that. Interesting. Okay. So, um, like, say for example, um, like Bennett Souza that was on that wasn't uh, able to be on the postseason roster because we got him too late. Is that a guy that is on the 40 man or? Yeah. Can so he, can he... he's on the 40 man. Okay. So he's, he's there. Not a problem. Greg Kessinger mm-hmm. also there. Not a problem. So is it like Joey Loprofito? Is he in this rule five draft? Words are hard. No. Is... So no, he was but... drafted in 2021. He was a seventh okay. rounder out of Duke. And okay. so in that 2021 class, everyone's scot free right now, and that's good because you have a there are some the Astros have some pitchers in there: Rhett Koba, Colton Gordon, Spencer Arigetti. It was a good class for pitchers, and there could have been another one in Chase McDermott who ended up being traded um, to the Orioles back in 2022 in that three team trade. And so, I necessarily, you know, th- those guys, you just you're not look, you're not pushing to put, put them on the 40 man. I, you, there's no reason to select the contract of Spencer Arigetti or Colton Gordon right now. They, those are guys you might see in your rotation down the line, and those two guys you see as a future, but at the same time, there's just no, no reason to rush it, you know, give them some time into, cause those are both all those guys I just mentioned getting invited to major league camp. I would bet the, bet the house on it. Those are guys that are going to get that opportunity to be with the major league staff. And okay. if they break camp and they're like unstoppable and the Astros don't see anything, that's going to, you know, any reason to like not put them on the 40 man, then they maybe they might think about it. If not, there's still a lot of guys that need to build up some innings, especially Rhett Koba, who was shut down at the end of the year just because he hit an innings limit. And he was just like, okay, we're going to send you home, go, you know, go to the strength camp in West Palm beach. But right now you're done pitching. That might still need to be done for some of these guys. Gotcha. Okay. So is there anyone? Uh, so obviously Astros have, have a few holes a couple holes to to plug um, in our big league roster, backup catcher, um, apparently outfield, first base. I'm all, wait, what? But is there anyone that you see, feel like can come up from the minors and fill any of those holes or maybe good trade bait? What are, what are your thoughts on that? Position player wise, 
I really think it's time for Will Wagner to break break into something because unfortunately he did have the Hammett injury and he had, the, he had the bone removed, the hook of the bone removed in it in his uh, wrist, and so he he missed some time in Double A. Got up to Triple A, killing it. I mean, it, it was a lot of contact. He's not the biggest power guy. I mean, he really flashed a lot of power in the fall league last year, which put him on the map to be invited to Major League Camp. Of course, as those who might not know, he is the son of Billy Wagner. He was a late round pick in 2021, absolute steal out of Liberty. Um, fun thing about him is that he played a lot of second base in college, and then they okay. brought him into um, into camp. They did a velo day, throwing really hard across the diamond. They're like, "Why were you playing second base?" It like, wasn't up to me. I mean, that's just the position I was playing. <laughs> they put him at third base, and now Mike Ramazzotti, who I just mentioned earlier, calls him the athletic Max Muncie because he can. He's really <laughs> nimble over there, and. I mean, he has the contact skills to be a, a good hitter from the left side, and um, he can play second base. Uh, he's not going to be a first or a shortstop, but he can give you second first, um, a little bit of third. I saw Keith Law even list him as an outfielder at one point who works for the Athletic. I, that uh-huh. might have been an accident. I, I don't necessarily think that he is a outfielder of the future. But um, another guy, Mickey Story, loves. Um, you can. I wrote an article about him as well, and a lot of these guys I'm talking about. There's an article or a, um, interview out there for anyone that wants a little bit more information. But very bullish. Of, of will wagner and mickey story's honest he'll he'll tell you you know he's not he's not gonna give you a lot of coach speak he'll give you some things that people need to you know that they're working on what what's not going right what is going right right and you know um he he loves will wagner he was like telling me he's like i'm excited because he coached him in the fall league last year he was the manager for the surprise Sobreros in 2022 where mm-hmm. the astros prospects played and he got to work with him there got to work with him in big league camp when will was invited and now he's gonna I, will's gonna get another invite this year um and with that invite, I think he can prove that maybe he is the guy who can be the second utility guy behind Dubon. Maybe he oh. can jump Kessinger, jump Hensley on the 40 man, jump on the 40 man and just be a, you know, be a contributor. But there is also the, the, the side that he needs more time in AAA. He is 25 years old now. Um, and he, that short time, that one week in AAA, he won player of the week. So he, <laughs> he was, he was a very, a very good hitter. Um, very He's like, hold my beer. L- yeah. Look what I can do. Yeah, look what he can do, and I, I think Will Wagner is going to be a guy you want to look out for as moving to the down the line in the future. Um, Joey Liprofito, talk of the town, another good left-handed bat, a lot more power to him. Uh-huh. I mean, you, everyone is, should be excited about what Joey can bring offensively and defensively. Um, played a little bit more second base, and Joe Thon, who's the manager down there in Corpus, worked with him a little bit on that. Joe, who's a former uh, infielder as well, um, he can give them you know, all the pointers and help in the world that he can. And, and he was even said to him, said to Joey, I remember talking to him. He was like, even when things weren't going right, he was like, yeah, man, it's a new position. You know, these, you know, if you're going to make errors, just make them now. Don't make them down the line. We're going to you know, make, you're going to get better at this. When he plays the outfield, he said he plays like a safety. He loves it. Um, he can play center field and right field. I think that's where the focus needs to be right now. Maybe down okay. the line, he'll move into left. Um, first base. Also still a learning process for him. Watching oh. him and, um, Vladimir Sutil, who's the development coach down there in Sugarland, who does a lot of good stuff with, especially on the defensive side, uh-huh. he working a lot on his footwork at first base, didn't really have his foot, um, placed right on the bag when balls were coming his way. Um, giving him a little bit more of a stretch. Everyone knows he is a bigger guy. I mean, taller guy in that sense, um, six, four, I mean, pretty big frame there for Joey. And, um, he's going to give you a lot of that stuff at different positions. And another guy that's going to come into big league camp this year, didn't have that opportunity last year. Really broke on the scene, of course. Astros minor league player of the year. Um, he's going to do something special. And 
that might not might not come in the majors right away. Maybe he needs mm-hmm. some more time in AAA, but the big league camp is going to be something that people need to keep their eyes on for him. Okay. So you said Joey Luperfito is center, right, second, and first? Yeah, so he can play all the outfield positions. I just think okay. center and right is what the focus is right now because okay. that's what he played a lot um, near the end of the season in AA and when he got to AAA um, at the end of the year. Um, so that's where I think the focus is. And you know, talking with those guys as well as like he can play first base, he can play second, just need to mix him in, make him more comfortable with it as well. And that might come with a little bit more time at big league camp and then triple A. And then if there's spot opens, I mean, he should be one of the first guys thought of. Interesting. Okay. So now last season, um, one of the guys that broke onto the scene right at first was Justin Dearden and then kind of fell off. Um, what's, what's his, what's he like? Um, I think it's one of those spring training darlings. Um, we haven't really had one in a little while. Miles Straw used to be that spring training darling. Okay. Um, I, I fell for it once. I thought, you know, this guy's <laughs> going to be a leadoff hitter because he was doing great. And you look at it, Yuli Gurriel had a great spring last year and 2022 season just wasn't the Yuli you saw in 2021. Right. Um, this past year, Justin Dearden, I thought he was going to make the roster. And then Corey Jolks made it and Cesar Salazar made it. And it was like, mm, okay, maybe – they know something and they did I, that paid played off, you know, played out a little bit better for them at the beginning of the season for the Astros. Um, you look at Justin Dearden though, he's on the older side. He is another guy that's going to be um, exposed to the rule five draft because okay. he was signed in 2020. At, I mean, he was a non an undrafted free agent. I don't think he gets protected. Uh, he really fell off and he's a stubborn guy too. Cause he wants to play. I mean, he wants to be out there. Right. Um, at the end of the 2022 season, he kind of just got gassed. He got up to AAA. I mean, he killed AA. He was one of the best hitters in the Texas League last year. He should have been probably Texas League Player of the Year if he wasn't. I don't remember anymore. But um, one of the best players in Texas League for Corpus Christi in 2022 got to AAA. A little bit tired. Um, had got a, had a daughter. I mean, family got bigger. A lot of stuff on his plate in September. Um, comes in the offseason. I mean, works out, gets back into shape, conditions well, and comes into spring training. Awesome. I mean, we talked about that. And then just things didn't click, battled some injuries, uh, something in, wrong with his leg. Is that um, in that thigh region or not thigh, oh. but quad of some sort. Okay. Um, it was a minor injury. And then another thing happened at the end of the season that I never got uh, information on. So guy who's been through a lot last year, maybe he can turn it around a little bit on the older side still. Um, okay. But I think he's getting invited to major league camp if he's not protected. And I don't necessarily think he's going to get protected. Interesting. Okay. So now let's move on to um, some of the, minor league free agents now if i think my first question was that if the minor leaguers choose free agency and they don't get picked up by anybody else can they come back to us or do we have to like resign them or what what's what's the deal there so a lot of these guys is i'll, I'll use joe record for an example came over uh-huh. in the rule five draft okay had a great season i wrote about him too had a uh he was diagnosed with type one diabetes in the middle of a great season, lost a month of baseball, came back, still pitched well, had one of the best sliders in the Pacific coast league. Oh. Didn't really get, didn't get an opportunity at the end of the year. They didn't put him on the, the there was no September call up. That was a prospect for the Astros. He was just left, you know, left out to dry. Just keep continue to work in triple a get to the end of the season. He tells me I'm going to be a free agent tomorrow. Um, they're, they're not going to select my contract and bring me up. This is like the same thing with JJ Matajevich. They were drafted in, in 2017. 2017 guys are now free agents and it's a little bit different for guys that are uh, signed internationally. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily understand it because I made a full list of guys 
before the offseason started, went through every single roster and just picked the guys I remember, you know, when they were drafted and checked on some other ones to see what it was. So anyone drafted or signed 2017 range or before that should have been free agents. Nery Rodriguez, who was a catcher in high A, missed the season again with an injury back-to-back years. I thought he was going to be a free agent. Yet he isn't yet. Maybe they haven't done it or he hasn't elected free agency. But the contracts are up. It's either you elect free agency, they release you, or they select a contract, which on a 40-man, kind of that mix. Um, gotcha. Okay. So the, the Astros could resign Joe Record to a one-year minor league deal. That's what all these minor league deals for the rest of these guys are going to be is either one year or two year. Usually the two year ones are for guys who had Tommy John um, ah, or okay. tore an ACL because they're going to miss most of the season, maybe come back at the end of the year, then they'll pitch the next season as well in the minors for that team. Um, I just don't, I, I don't see it with a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys coming back. They didn't do it last year. Um, there were some guys I thought maybe they would give like Nick Hernandez, who's in the major leagues now for the Padres. Um, Houston, born and raised, went to U of H from uh, Sugarland. He didn't get an opportunity. Went to um, went to the Padres, got up to the majors. Um, good for him, but I, I just don't know if they'll do it. A lot of these guys, JJ Majevich and Oli Predis, they'll just look for opportunities elsewhere. They, they know that they're they're log jammed and they're not going to get an opportunity with the Astros. If there's another guy, maybe a little bit lower in Double A that they lost, Dimitri Tavares, who's pitching in Lee Dom right now. Maybe they liked what they saw from him. He started pitching a little bit more multi innings. He's a big guy too, six five. <clears throat> Maybe they give him a look um, okay. to come back, but I necessarily don't think so. I think most of these might have been made, or you'll see a lot more minor league signings in like January. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was confused. I was confused on that because mm-hmm. I was like, do they, do they just like magically come back into the system? Do we have to, do we have to sign them again? But thank you. So, um, Corey Jolks was up with the club pretty much all season and then um got sent back down what's his what's his status then is he still on the no he's not on the 40 man or is he on the 40 man yeah so he's still on the 40 man he's just okay. a depth guy at the moment okay um, fortunate yeah he just he's another guy that kind of log jammed behind jake myers and michael brantley came back and Chaz mccormick was playing well in center field really not many opportunities some people don't know this he played a lot of third base in triple a last year um looked like it was that position addition trying to get him some more um a little bit more depth to him he didn't play that in the majors uh he's i think he's just a 4a guy at this point he does have gotcha. a lot of power a good amount of speed and we saw that in triple a saw it a little bit in the majors he did have a good stretch there at the beginning of the season um i just consider him more of a depth guy i don't i don't necessarily think unless he comes into triple or comes into camp next year just totally reworked mm-hmm. maybe there's an opportunity that he just pushes himself past jake myers and makes it on there and we know dana brown Talked about um, that he wants a lot of younger guys to step up. Outfield yeah. is not necessarily a point of interest this offseason that they need to address like drastically. Right. So maybe if there's guys like Joy Loprofito that we mentioned, even Justin Deirdre, if he turns it around in camp next year and proves the Astros you know, that he can consistently hit again, guys like that maybe step up and you don't really have to pay or throw a lot of money at a guy like Michael Brantley, who unfortunately did have a lot of setbacks. You don't want to waste just money on an older guy like that. Maybe you can find something in the younger guys. Right. So do you think then um, are the the catching position will be actually signed and not brought up, say, from our from our minor league system? Yeah, I do like that idea that you're going to find someone on the market. Um, I don't really look at major league stuff as much anymore. I'll, okay. I'll talk about Yiner Diaz and, you know, Cesar Salazar. Yiner Diaz isn't a prospect anymore, but he just finished up his rookie year and still on the younger side. I think you still need someone. Um, in that, you know, veteran age, uh, four or five seasons, someone very defensive oriented as well. You don't need a big bat. You think like Jason Austin Castro, 
Come Austin on down. Hedges. I mean, like, I'm not saying get Jason Cash out of retirement. I'm just saying like right. someone like that, when you look back at like the last couple seasons, necessarily he wasn't the best hitter in 2022, but maybe graded out a little bit better defensively, something like that. You can probably think about someone that can still like teach Yiner a little bit too. Um, gotcha. Still on the younger side. And we know that, and we know that he's made taking steps forward defensively. It's still a lot to learn. I mean, it just finished his first full season played right. really well, but still a lot to learn defensively at the catcher position. And I think that's what they should do. I don't necessarily, I'd say Salazar, very good defensive catcher. A lot of the people in the organization love him. They think mm -hmm. of him as a journeyman catcher and that okay. guy that can be a personal catcher, defensive first, big leaguer, um, doesn't really have the bat to do it. Um, mm -hmm. But also the experience to just come up. I, I don't think that they would do that. If it really comes down to it, I think he's a good guy to have on the 40 man roster though. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay. So, um, you know, that there are, oodles and noodles of starting pitching that we have on on the big league roster which means maybe moving somebody into the bullpen um but with relief pitchers going into free agency brian stanick phil maton hector neris is there anyone um pitching wise that you think can come up and fill in those roles or i mean obviously we have jp france and hunter brown that are question marks on if they're going to start or if they're going to be relief but is there anybody else technically i guess ready to even come up or entertain that idea yeah every pitch on the 40 man at the moment besides forrest whitley who's um ended up never coming back from that injury hasn't pitched in the major leagues you know have their cup of coffee um brandon belak's an interesting case to me he's out of he's out of options and okay. you're not going to non-tender the guy i mean I think he's an ARB now. Um, I, I mean, I told you, I don't really look into all that stuff because it's more major league stuff. But um, I mean, you're not going to DFA him either. I right. Mean, it's not bad to have depth going into spring training, especially if he's not going to make the roster, then you find a way to trade him. You find a way to remove him from the 40 man because you have to either put him on the team or you can't. And right. I think Brandon Belak has shown that he can play. I mean, he can pitch at the major league level. Maybe it's not with the Astros. Maybe he's a back end rotation guy with the Pirates. I mean, maybe there's a team out there that he, I mean, just a team that's rebuilding. I yeah. think that's something that maybe teams might be interested in Brandon Belak. Just bring him in. Maybe a six guy, maybe a long reliever just with mm -hmm. another team. If he doesn't break with the Astros, he's an interesting guy going to the camp, especially with, uh, without the um, options left. Uh, so could we, are you thinking maybe, would he be able to be like trade bait for obviously not like a one for one, but like packaged with somebody like to say like the St. Louis Cardinals or something like that. Cause they obviously need starting pitching. So. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. I was kind of thinking about that too. Um, mostly because I, I do write about some Cardinal stuff. And so oh, I was okay. just thinking about him in a Cardinals uniform for some reason. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I mean, you, you see it all the time. Maybe he's traded for a guy in single a that they like, Okay, you, know, you see it with okay. Gainer Diaz. I mean, gets thrown into the Maton trade. Maybe he was the focus because they just really liked him. He turned out to be a guy who's going to receive rookie of the year votes. And, um, that's something that the Astros have done well. Kennedy Corona tossed into that deal back in 2020. We talked about him early for Jake Marisnik. Mm -hmm. um, happens all the time. Um, they always find these steals. And even when the, the people in the front office change, the minds change about where their focus is and who they want to protect and who's going to move this fast, who's not going to move. You know, we want to st keep this guy in double A. Maybe he'll skip triple A someday. It's just always changing. Um, but yeah, I think maybe down the line that Brandon be like there isn't a spot for him anymore, even in the bullpen. Gotcha. And they have Lance come back and Luis Garcia's back you can maybe trade a guy, especially to keep, you know, the 40 man roster steady. Maybe you trade him, get a guy from high A or single A, some pitcher outfielder that just intrigues you. 
Gotcha. Interesting. Okay, so you said like Spencer Arigetti, I know, has been a name that had been tossed about. Um, now, he's he is in AAA, correct? Yes. So Spencer um, of Colton Gordon, Rhett Koba, the three-headed monster, a lot of people... A lot of people that follow me and like to reply with like the Braves memes of Smoltz and um, all those guys oh, okay. and Maddox. And, and I and thought Glavin. that was okay. Glavin. And I thought that was really funny because um, it's like, it's just excited for a lot. It's exciting for a lot of fans. Um, great group of guys there, you know, lefty and two righties. And like I said, I don't think Rekoba's there yet. Um, uh-huh. Still needs to build up that inning count, but he prided himself on just consistent strikes and not walking batters. Struggled a little bit in that jump to, Triple A kind of got into his head and just was losing the ball, losing his command a little bit. Got back on track at the end of, at the end of his time in Sugarland. Guy, he's going to be invited to spring training. We put him just on the side though, let him continue to develop. Colton Gordon, unbelievable okay. what the Astros got in him. Drafted a guy who, who just had Tommy John out of uh, Central Florida back in 2021. Came back in 2022 in the middle of the summer. Destroyed single A and high A like it was nothing. Comes in double A this year. Does the same thing. One of the best pitchers in the Texas League. Um, strong lefty, um, really, really good guy as well. I mean, he pitched in the WBC. Uh, he pitched for Israel, the WBC. He has that experience oh, behind him. Okay. So there's that for him. Uh, but Spencer Getty of those three is probably the most ready. You know, even though Colton Gordon might have a little bit of an edge if you think about it because he's left-handed. But Spencer Getty's had the most experience in AAA. Um, none of these guys are real fireballers, but um, they command the zone well. Uh, everybody's adding a cutter these days in the Astro system. It's a pitcher that always keep an eye on it. Spencer Getty is probably the guy you, you think is the first guy up as depth. And even in September, you know, people are asking me and his family, is he getting called up? He's getting called up. I was like, that's a question for me to ask you. And so, <laughs> right. um, like, uh, yeah, well. you're supposed to tell me that, but no, it's, uh, he had a strong end of triple a, uh, of course, you know, he really turned it around after that Rocky first month in double a. And, um, he's the first guy to probably going to be come up. If you really want to think about it, who, who else, maybe Ms. Tamaras, but, that, that's the the guy I would keep an eye on, especially going into camp. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, Kenny, uh, I think we are going to cut it off here. And um, I just really want to thank you for taking the time and coming on the show. And um, can you tell the people um, what else, anything else that you would like to chat about? I, I do have, I do have one more thing. And I felt bad that I, Totally glossed over this. We talked about the pitchers, Arizona uh-huh. Fall League. I talked about Tyler Gilfoyle really turning around. Um, guy who worked on his mechanics, added the cutter, added the slider. He's pitching well. His last start today on Thursday. Behind him is AJ Blueball, who was the mm-hmm. only Fall League star, um, which I actually got the opportunity to vote on that stuff. And that was really cool to see, look through all these stats about what these players are doing. And AJ Blueball was a guy I, I voted for because, I mean, not trying to show bias or anything towards <laughs> the guys that I'm covering, but just a very strong performance right now in the Fall uh-huh. League. And he threw one pitch in the Fall Stars game, got the save, and he got a ground out to end it. Um, <laughs> and they, I, I messaged, I texted with him, and he texted me. He was like, "I was like, what, what pitch was it?" He's like, "Fastball, of course." I mean, that's what, that's what I throw. <laughs> and so uh, he threw it, and so he has 15 strikeouts in 11 innings right now, two, four, oh, five wow. ERA, and only four walks is the, the main thing I, I want to touch on. And I think t- AJ Blueball is the fastest rising pitcher from the Astros 2022 class. Got up to Double A this year. Um, him and Logan Van Wy, who got up to AAA, but he was a UDFA. The two guys I would I would can keep an eye on, and two guys I think um, maybe are making a run at a non-roster invite, especially with how Blue Ball pitched in the fall league. Um, maybe there's not a space for them this year. Another guy I want to hit on um, is Ray Gaither, who finished the fall league um, in his last outing on Tuesday with a one ERA. 
uh, in nine relief appearances. You can look at the walks. Yes, he does struggle with walks. He strikes out more guys in innings pitch, but I think he likes pitching with guys on. We talked, I talked with him about this. Uh Um, He's another guy who I think, you know, solidified a spot as a not NRI a non-roster invite. And a guy started the season with another injury, made a full-time reliever, throws hard, uh, a big, strong body on the mound. And the scouts still like him. They like what they're seeing from him. Um, But for Ray, it's like, Guys get on and he just locks in. They're like not even there for him. And that's the thing to keep an eye on for Ray Gaither is that he's probably going to be in AAA to start next season. Um, nice, strong reliever. I wasn't expecting this. And then um, a scout told me he was going and looked more into it. And I was like, wow, he's having a really great second half. And um, him and AJ Blueball were probably the two best pitchers. Miguel Uola struggled a lot like he did this season. Um, had a better last outing, but still threw a lot of balls. The command's really lost for him. Maybe he's working on something in the fall league. Never got a chance to speak with him, but um, he's a guy that everyone was excited excited about in 2022. Coming to 2023 into high A, and it's a little bit shaky. Um, still on the younger side, still a, a good project for the Astros to try to turn around. And okay. that's I, the rest I of have, the fall. I have a question on Ray. So okay. you said that he pitches better with like men on. Is it is yes. it like a Blake Snell situation where he's like, you know what, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just put you on. You're not gonna score anyways, and I'm gonna just go after this next guy. Is it kind of that type of thing, or is it just like extra adrenaline knowing that somebody else is on base? I think the latter. And okay. that's like talking with him. I, he kind of thought about it. He was like, you know, I think it's just like it makes it like, you know, the feeling of like the, like the adrenaline, you know, coming into okay. it. It's like you're trying to put them away. Um, stranding runners, it's just like a, probably a great feeling to him. It was like a question I, I asked him. He's kind of to think about it because like, it's like, I don't know, kind of just work better with it. And people say it's luck. Um, I watch him pitch and it's just like his laser focus just right there. And it, a lot of guys are like that, but um, kind of like a killer instinct, the way he just approaches the mound. And like I said, big, tall frame out there and he just throws hard. I mean, he's probably of the guys that are there, him or blue bar is probably throwing mm-hmm. the hardest amongst the Astros prospects. Um, even I, I didn't see any of Ulola's uh, um, track man, or I, I don't see that stuff, but more of just the velocity on the stack cast. Uh-huh. And I didn't see that, but he's another guy that throws really fast, but are hard, but I do like what Gaither did um, in the fall league. Um, just, com- you know, commanding the base paths and not letting anyone score. And that was the biggest thing I took away from him. So is he one of the guys that pitches out of the stretch when there's a guy on? Yeah. And then, it's- so he does change. Okay. So yeah. who, I can't remember who it was. Your dog obviously wants to let me know as well. Um, but there's, there was someone that, that when there's guys on, they pitch worse because they got to pitch out of the stretch. And then finally they were like, just pitch or mm-hmm. um, it was reverse. Sorry. They're like, just pitch out of the stretch all the time, regardless of if there's a guy on or not, just pitch out of the stretch. And then all of a sudden, like magically his numbers got better. So but no, you're thinking that it's literally just like that kind of extra adrenaline. Like, no, there's there's a guy on. I'm not going to let him score. And just yeah, that. He, I think he'd make a great mop up guy. And I think that's okay. what he likes to be. It's like he I mean, he came into situations where they weren't his runners either. Um, oh, and he okay. walks someone and then gets a double play. And that's like that's just what he does. And I, I don't know. It's just um, I think he he really put himself on the map. And the other guy that w- went undrafted. Um, I mean, he was a pretty hyped guy out of high school, battled a lot of injuries at Dallas Baptist, not a lot, but um, he had Tommy John and a couple setbacks and really turned it around in his last season, um, came into the Astro system as a starter, got banged up, just really didn't have the longevity for it. He does a lot during the offseason. He admitted that to me. He was like, you know, I probably work out too hard. 
and I'm probably putting too much toll on my body because you're trying to you're trying to get more velocity in the offseason. That's the goal gotcha. as well. So it's not just conditioning. It's about, you know, how can I get more velocity before I get to camp? And so he's really taken a step back and he knows that his future is as a reliever. And I think he put himself on the map. And guy that's similar to that was Matt Rupenthal back in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually elected free agency was a 2017 draftee. And but he went to the fall league. Uh, got some extra innings behind him, looked a lot stronger. He was a fall league fall star as well and played well for him, but ended up not making it to the majors though with the Astros. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Working out too hard is not a, is not a thing that I <coughs> would ever know because I don't, that's not a thing that I, that I do. So the, you will never catch me a mm-hmm. working out and definitely not working hard, working out too hard. So that's no, absolutely not. Um, well, Kenny, uh, tell the people where they can find you on the socials and all your articles and all of that fun stuff. Yeah, so uh, I'm on uh, Twitter X. I know you don't want to call it that. But <laughs> for those who might not know, it's called X now. But uh, I'm at the Mandalorian. I'm, I'm, an, I'm an elder millennial. I don't change. I don't do change well. Okay, can it's uh, it will gotcha. always be Twitter. Always be Twitter. Yeah, I, I got gotcha. you. I mean, uh, I've been through a lot of change as well. I would say I'm, I'm only 23, but I've seen a lot of the world change. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, one thing I just want to throw out there, Rule 5 Draft is December 6th. No one hit me up that day. That's like my Christmas. So I'm going to be deep into that stuff. And I'll, I'll tweet stuff I'll, at the Vandalorian. If you're not watching on uh, the video right now, it's been below my face. But um, we have the Astros Future Podcast, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, a little bit on YouTube as well. Sometimes we'll have the video interview for available. And then everything else is on AstrosFuture.com with Jimmy Price. We'll have uh, future stories. Jimmy does a lot of the recapping. So if you're... Don't get to watch any of the games because you don't have the streams or don't want to check the box scores. He puts everything into a recap and he's doing his season recaps as well. So you can check those out. And um, right now, I think we're going to get back into just the podcasting version. um, So give a little bit more people some audio options. Perfect. Okay, And I will put all of the links to all of that stuff in the episode description so you can, you know, feel free to click on any of those. Definitely go follow um, Kenny on on Twitter, again, it will always be Twitter because X is is a is a drug that I never actually took in college. So um I can't I can't ever call it X. It's not a thing. So uh Kenny, again, thank you so much for for coming on and um talking with me about all of my dumb questions about the uh AFL and the rule five draft. And I feel smarter um talking to you and I appreciate you. So um with that, I will say goodbye. Um all of the peoples rate review subscribe we appreciate all of that fun stuff and uh we are going to say goodbye yay baseball i'm gonna hit end record now maybe